0: Welcome to the ADS Podcast. This is where we talk about all things audience development for the arts related. Join us for discussions about audience building tips, ideas, concepts, and philosophies with sometimes brought in special guests. And now, here's your latest podcast for you. Hi, this is Shoshana from Audience Development Specialist. Welcome to the ADS Podcast. And today we have a special guest, Drew McManus from the Orchestral Management Consulting World. And you may know him from Adaptistration.com. And today we're going to be talking about his new project, which is ArtsHacker.com. So before we introduce Drew to the show, I would like to read the little bio he has provided for us. And it says, it doesn't matter if you know where all the bodies are buried if you can't keep your own clients out of the ground. And for two decades, Chicago-based arts consultant Drew McManus has done exactly that for groups of all budget size, from Qatar to Kathmandu. In addition to his consulting and technology provider work, he writes a daily blog about the orchestra business, provides a platform for arts insiders to speak their mind, keeps track of what people in this business get paid hacks the arts, and loves a good coffee drink. So let's welcome Drew to the show. Okay, so let us welcome Drew McManus to the Idiots Podcast. Hi, Drew. How are you?
1: Hi, Tushana. Just fine. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Thanks for being here. And and tell us a little bit about what's going on in Chicago right now.
1: Uh, Today we have
0: thunderstorms. Oh, well, that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> well, hopefully, since your outlook is sunny, you'll you'll have sunshine in your life.
1: I'm sure it will. It's getting warmer, and that's always a good thing this time of year.
0: Uh, that is a good thing that time of year. What, what culture-wise, what are you up to these days?
1: Uh, in Chicago, actually, personally, getting around to quite a bit of theater these days.
0: Oh, wonderful. That's-
1: i uh, gotten to know several of some of the the inside folks here in the theater scene and just getting to know them and and some of the actors that are local uh, it certainly makes a different perspective or at least provides a different perspective on going to see shows.
0: Definitely since your background is mainly in classical music correct? Correct yes. So you know what why not take this moment to tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure
1: I've been an arts consultant for uh, just over 20 years now. Oh <laughs> uh, started off working mostly in a classical music group, so orchestras and operas, but over the years that's evolved into pretty much all types of performing arts organizations. Uh, I've worked with everything from board development to strategic planning, executive review, Due diligence, labor relations, uh, all the way down to working with individual artists, with career planning, doing overscale negotiation for individual musicians and executives, actually. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, in the last couple of years, I've launched a technology uh, hosting product, which is geared for artists and arts organizations to provide their online web presence and interact with CRM and ticket systems.
0: Oh, fabulous. And before you were a consultant, what was your musical background? Were you a tuba player?
1: <laughs> yes, I was a started off. With interest in being a tuba player, I went to uh, Peabody Conservatory and then later Towson State University, uh, but realized fortunately early enough that it was not going to be in the cards and was able to start to shift gears, started the consulting part time, really. And at that same time, I had started uh, another business prior to that of private teaching and then eventually managing uh, the schedule of several individual music private teachers Mm -hmm. and uh, sold that business when I decided to go into consulting full-time.
0: Okay, great. So it sounds like a a good background of being on the stage, around the stage, all over, so you you get the feel for what arts organizations are about. That's fantastic. So we are today talking about, as I mentioned before to our listeners, about artshacker.com, which is your brand new project. And tell us a little bit, what is ArtsHacker.com and why ArtsHacker.com?
1: Well, over the last couple of decades, it's been interesting watching the field of arts management swing through its development cycles. And it's different from one field to the next. And by and large, the orchestra field tends to be kind of at the head of that curve. Uh, And everyone follows very closely behind that. And there was a very large push back 15 years ago toward getting arts managers uh, developing their individual skill sets Mm -hmm. into business management. Uh, And out of that grew a focus towards visionary and planning and strategic planning. And that visionary period lasted a comparatively long period of time, so much so that a lot of the nuts and bolts skill sets that used to be a focus in the business really went by the wayside to the point now when combined with uh, a working environment where the tools have changed more rapidly uh, than ever before in the field, there's a lot of arts managers that tend to find themselves behind the learning curve. When it comes to actually how to implement whatever vision people are now talking about. So, Arts Hacker was the, the birth of that need, uh, is being able to provide some kind of nuts and bolts resource for arts managers that covers a wide range of individual skill sets.
0: Okay, so you're talking about providing information for the up-to-date technology, things of that nature?
1: Um technology is a large component of it um We try to stay away from too much uh conceptual advice style uh posts. They are there, but for the most part, it's really focusing on being able to provide what we call practical tips, tricks, and pointers for getting things
0: done as an artist great great that's a that's a good tagline sums it all up. So, how many contributors do you have, and do they have specific focus areas? How does this work?
1: Uh, well, it started off with just a general call uh, at my arts administration blog, at Administration. Started talking about the project mm-hmm. and put out a general call with a form for people interested to be able to express, you know, their degree of interest, and was rather surprised at more than a hundred responses.
0: <laughs> wow, that's good.
1: Uh, within the first week. So if nothing else, that was at least a good sign to indicate that there was a great deal of interest. Now, out of all of those applications, we ended up with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay.
0: Plus yourself.
1: Plus okay. myself. Correct. <laughs> so in even 10, uh, that really uh, embodied the ability to understand that difference between what might be more mentorship or advice type of writing and the nuts and bolts writing that I wanted to put together for Arts Hacker. Uh, combined with that, that's uh, it's as broad of a cross-section as possible between individuals with different focus areas and skill sets. As a matter of fact, at the site when we were putting things together, I had all of the individual contributors list what they thought their primary skill sets were and even rank it with a percentage out of 100 to where they thought their skill set fell compared to other professional arts managers. So users can go to the site, take a look at the list of contributors and see each of their respective skill sets and then be able to also go to each respective authors index page.
0: Okay. Fabulous. And can they can people hire these contributors or that's not the main focus?
1: Well, it's not the main focus, no, but they certainly can. Um, not all the contributors do ad hoc consulting work, but I know at least half of them do. Um, some of them, like Kim Whitman, is, you know, relatively busy. <laughs> 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 We're even entertaining the idea of doing ad hoc sort of uh Services is not something that's going to easily fit into the schedule. But there are other folks, like I know CC, C- uh, Datisman does quite a bit of, uh, work with individual organizations doing very much the type of work that she writes about, which is being able to take a vision but actually implement it into your day-to-day operational
0: life Right. That's really important to have people of that nature in our field. So let me get more into, as you say, the nuts and the bolts of this. How often do they post? So how many posts are happening each week, et cetera?
1: Well, the first couple of weeks of the site back in December, we were having something up almost every day just to start to fill out. catalog a little Mm -hmm. bit. But after we got through those first few weeks and started to figure out which days and which times were resonating best for a publication schedule, at least for now, it's settled into a routine of uh, usually three per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday.
0: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You found out that's when people are the most likely to read?
1: Um, Most likely to read, but also have a slightly higher likelihood for sharing. Oh,
0: great. Okay. So what types of topics do you cover?
1: Oh, wow. Just about anything that the contributors can come up (laughs) with. There's a lot of folks that in the first couple of weeks had all of those very, you know, choice projects that they wanted to write about that were the things that itch at them the most. Um, But since then, I've really enjoyed watching each individual contributor start to move more into a stream of thought and consciousness that that tends to be most appealing to them. Can
0: you give me an example so, of one of these streams of thoughts?
1: Sure. Um, one of them is from one of the millennial demographic uh, contributors, um, Sarah. And Sarah tends to focus on millennial related issues. Uh, when it comes to how those interact with with arts administrators, I'm pulling up her uh, her index now. because I don't remember the exact titles of everything. Okay. Oh, she focuses on like this this wonderful uh, post on essential social media definitions, uh, millennial worker takeover. That's a good one. Infographics about millennials, uh, reaching millennial donors. Mm-hmm. So there's, for her, that tended to be a very strong thread that started to work its way into an awful lot of uh, her writing, which makes sense because that's her demographic group. Whereas on the opposite end of that, there's one of our contributors. She wrote an extraordinarily popular post a couple of weeks ago, Samantha Teeter. Oh, I know uh,
0: Samantha.
1: <laughs> And she wrote a piece about uh, emerging arts leaders 10 years later, that mid-career professional. They're no longer emerging. They're at that really heavy grind point in their career where things can get, you know, kind of heavy and you get blinders on professionally. And what do you do in that particular situation to remain motivated and inspired? And she she provided a list of resources that she uses in her career, and especially some geared toward women uh, arts professionals. Uh, that uh, was a really huge hit at the time.
0: So it sounds like you have a variety of different voices that are speaking for arts management in general, and they do bring a, a specific outlook on arts management because of their backgrounds. So I'm just going to read off here so the listeners have a feel for kind of what types of topics that you're posting here. Just as an example, I'm on the the posts that are current right now. The very first one is a review, Outlook for Mobile. And then Mm -hmm. you have Reaching the Next Generation of American Giving, and that was by Sarah that you mentioned. What's in a... N M E. That's different. I'll have to look into that. New media specialists. What is is that a mistake or what is that?
1: Oh no, no, that's actually a a a Twitter acronym. Okay, I need to. It it refers to your actual Twitter handle.
0: Okay, all right. I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. Something new for me. (laughs) Infographic optimal image sizes for all the social networks. Drive more traffic to your websites. Another post. Uh, 10 ways to build a strong relationship with your legislator. That's that's kind of an arts advocacy post. So different types of topics for arts management. And on the side here, something we'll talk about a little bit later in our show, that it's categorized into different categories like marketing, web and tech, arts admin, etc. cetera, development. So there's lots here on the site, different perspectives, different topics for the arts management, arts advocacy leaders sounds like a good overall feel for getting up to date with what is happening currently in our industry. So let's move on a little bit here. Uh, is it free for us to use? Is this website free for, for the arts marketing person to use, or do you offer subscriptions?
1: Uh, nope, it's free. Uh, that's one of the things that personally is very important to me uh, is, most of the resources for arts managers tend to come through service organizations, and you have to have a membership in the service organization to be able to access the skill set. I'm very much into the open data movement uh, and freedom of, of of access and information uh, and transparency. So putting this information together just to put it behind a paywall to make it strictly a commercial enterprise really devalues the the offering versus the need and in this case it's more important for all the authors to put their time in to make the field a better place for no other reason than altruism
0: so are the contributors or volunteers then
1: correct nobody gets paid
0: wow okay that's that's kind of amazing and so as far as how do people then aside from the website can they get the content any other way
1: yeah, we have a couple different types of subscriptions. Um, one thing I've learned over the years with, with blogging is, uh, there are two really basic types of readers. There are those who are going to want to be notified every single day when you publish something, or, I'm sorry, once something is published, they'll want the, a notice via email right away. Right. And there are those who gravitate more towards the, the weekly wrap up, okay. uh, email messages that will list everything within that RSS cycle. So, a weekly
0: S&S. digest.
1: Correct, yeah. We offer both of
0: those. Oh, fabulous. Okay, and are you looking for more contributors?
1: Uh, we're always open to the idea, yeah. Uh, it's it's all kind of free-form, you know, liberal touchy-feely <laughs> <laughs> right now. That's great. Where We're figuring out the best way to do things, uh, and there is an actual application where, where people can send in um, their degree of interest, it will explain what would be required of them because there are very clear requirements among all of the contributors that to be a part of Arts Hacker, they have to agree to a publication schedule to understand what the focus is about. Uh, and uh, anyone interested in doing that is able to actually send in an application and some writing samples
0: as well. So based off of the backgrounds that you have signed up now, are there specific areas that you're interested in filling the gap?
1: Well, there are a few. Like, early on, there was uh, one individual who is a music librarian and being able to write about some librarian-focused
0: oh, issues, interesting.
1: Uh, in a very practical sense as well. Uh, unfortunately, her schedule just didn't allow her to meet the, the sort of publication schedule that we were setting in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one, um, some folks from operations departments, you know, Andy does a great job with that right now, but it would be nice to have a second person where that's their area of speciality.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, the user side of things. I saw here that you have a request, a hack feature. So tell me a little bit more about that. That sounded interesting.
1: Well, it. Yeah, it's just it's exactly what it sounds like. People can write in and ask for an article that's going to cover a particular topic if they have a question about. Speaking of some of those other service organizations that, that have their own advice or community that is behind a paywall is that's one of the really common things that happens is incoming or newer managers will be able to interact with other more seasoned arts managers to be able to ask very specific questions. And we wanted to make sure to provide that same kind of outlet so that as the readership grows and it starts to branch out among a more diverse readership, we're able to make sure that we do our best to try to cover the things that are the most interesting.
0: So can they also request a hack from a specific contributor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, people are already doing. Oh, great! Um, you know, people tend to to gravitate towards particular readerships. It's been fascinating watching the metrics of the site,
0: well, and
1: that that point in time after about the first month, when there was enough traffic coming through that you would start to see, in addition to individual articles that would rank in maybe the top twenty-five highest traffic pages of the site, individual author archive index pages or topic index pages that start to become more popular. And we can, of course, drill down in Google Analytics into the actual user flow and see someone go to a particular author index page to go to an article back to that same author's index page and keep bouncing back and forth between several articles.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit more since that is pretty interesting to me. What are the most popular topics right now?
1: Uh, well, that's a good question. I um,
0: <laughs> kind of three for a loop. You can, if you want to take time to collect your thoughts on this, that's fine.
1: Well, I'm just pulling up analytics okay, right okay. now. Okay, sounds uh, good. I'll- it really depends from one week to the next. I mean, the site's still new enough that it's like every week is an Easter egg trove of, of, of data. It, <laughs> it never gets old to go in and look at because there's always something surprising right. uh, that comes out. And then we've had a couple of gigantic spikes in traffic there was an article uh that i wrote a couple of weeks ago it was very simple just about google analytics and one thing that the group should do to be able to get more out of their analytics mm-hmm. and it ended up getting retweeted by google analytics
0: <laughs> fabulous
1: yeah it was great you know that brought in several thousand hits just in the you know span of a few right. hours and generated even a great deal of comments too, just people asking practical questions. We've had that. Thomas Cott, who's taken a great interest in the site, has been featuring several of the articles. The one that Samantha wrote about uh, emerging uh, leaders 10 years later um, ended up getting featured by him in one of his newsletters and then uh, retweeted uh, profoundly. Uh, throughout. Twitter. Well
0: So let me ask you this in terms of the request a hack feature what is the main types of questions that people are asking these days?
1: You know I haven't noticed any particular thread, but they've all been very specific questions you know there have been a few that we just haven't been able to answer because they're were a little just either too specific or they'll branch into something that's going to be HR okay. and we are very careful to tread that HR line because you don't want to get into a situation where you're giving someone advice on a specific HR-related issue when that really needs to be kept in-house.
0: Right. <laughs> I agree. House. I understand. Uh,
1: uh, we've actually had a couple of those and we've had to or at least I've had to write back and just apologize if that's not something that we can really dive into. But a lot of tech-oriented questions, a lot of Google Analytics-oriented questions, Twitter questions have been very popular, too. I have Philip Pashk has been doing a lot of Twitter-oriented posts, and some of those have come out of direct questions from readers as well.
0: Okay, so it sounds like it's mainly, as we mentioned, it's what's going on currently, the social media, the technology. Do you have any posts that are kind of old-fashioned in nature in comparison?
1: Well, I guess that depends on what you mean by old fashioned. Do you have an example?
0: I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is that there's particular skills that have nothing to do with technology um, or sure. the social media of today. It's it's kind of the good old fashioned approach to to building community. And and as I strongly advocate for building relationships. So I'm wondering, are there posts in, of that nature on your site as well? Well, I guess
1: I do think there are. I mean, it depends specifically on what you're talking about. But, you know, I'm just looking at the list of articles now. There was a good one from Sarah not long ago, 10 uh, Ways to Build a Strong Relationship with Your Legislature. Okay. Uh, and now the other thing to, that's probably worth pointing out in the site is, you know, surprise, surprise, this is based very much on LIPAC. Uh, you know, that's mentioned in the About the Page, is this is really kind of an arts administrator-focused version. of?
0: I see. Character. So that's what inspired you to, to do this site.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the inspirations. And within that, there are really two types of posts. Is There is completely original content, and then there's what we call aggregated content in the behind-the-scenes aspect with uh, the actual uh, authors and aggregated content will link out to something that's a resource that exists somewhere else. Mm-hmm. For example, that 10 ways to build a strong relationship with your legislature is a list uh, that was compiled elsewhere that Sarah posted about. But one of the requirements for the authors is they need to be able to hook that into arts administration in a very tangible way.
0: So I just saw a post about from the world of wrestling on how to manage an event. So something like that would be great aggregated content as long as I can then connect it back to arts management. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that could be very interesting and it was a good it was a good uh, article as well. So I feel the site looks very organized to me. I think it's very user friendly. And I see you have many different search options, so how can people find the content on your site?
1: Well, that was a very, very conscious uh, planning session, moving into the site development. We try to categorize everything as the primary point of contact. So if somebody lands on the site, if you're on a desktop or a tablet, you'll see on the left a navigation element. That is, that actually lists the categorization structure, which is evolving. As a matter of fact, today, about an hour before we recorded this session, I added the community engagement Mm -hmm. icon, which we now have a couple of articles there. And so people can start to self-select the, the actual uh, category path that's going to be most interesting to them. And then, of course, we have a standard keyword search feature as well. And once folks get into Looking in one particular category from there, there are going to be related topics at the bottom of every article that will help them move through the site in a way that is at least going to be as close to uh, their area of interest as possible.
0: And I also saw in there that you had an index. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes, we do, actually. Um, I thought
0: that was very helpful if more people know about it, because then they could find it by topic that way, too. That was. Yeah, thanks for pointing that <laughs> out,
1: because that was actually one of my very... Very big bugaboos in putting this together is taxonomy is a real passion of mine Uh, and a lot of websites struggle with taxonomy. yes they do being able to categorize something and then use what are called tags a great way to think about it is looking at it as an index versus a glossary and in this case one of the things that i do as the editor is going through all the contributions, is making sure that they're tagged with the respective either product, provider, whatever that that kind of pronoun is going to be related to that post, Mm -hmm. so that there's going to be a good, clear, centralized index that readers can go to and find posts about a particular product not necessarily topic like the categories, right. but whether it's provider related or something very closely along those lines, like if they want to just look up Twitter, they can find all the articles that will be about Twitter right. and so on and so
0: forth. Right. I thought that was a fabulous feature, and I hope more websites actually start using that as well. The, the last feature I wanted to talk about is the chatter feature, which I was curious about. Can you explain more about that?
1: Yeah, the actual comments.
0: <laughs> okay, but people...
1: Can- it's just that straightforward.
0: Okay, so comments for a particular article? I mean, how is that organized? If somebody were to click on that chatter?
1: Well, that's actually a header, whereas if uh, you're looking at a site, uh, above that there are two similar style items that are actually clickable. One's Meet the art Hackers, the other one's Select your Subscription. Right. But the latest chatter actually is is color-coded to the same item below it, which is the comment and popular article.
0: Oh, okay. uh, So that's the header for just that section then. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, that's kind of cool, too. So I was thinking that maybe it was um, some type of community chatting about one of the topics, but it it kind of is in a way. Not yet,
1: but interestingly enough, we have – just among ourselves as the authors talked about something along those lines it has its own host of of challenges to implement it and to be able to provide some sort of at least immediacy with feedback is probably the biggest challenge though
0: I see okay so you can click on one of those links and then you see the responses for that particular article that they were talking about
1: Correct. Okay. Yeah, the comments is just a list of the most recent comment and trackbacks that have come in. And the popular article tag is at least WordPress's algorithm of being able to determine at least the, the five most popular articles up to that point in time through the last nine years.
0: Mm-hmm. And that I, hopefully will get more people commenting and, and being a part of the discussion as well.
1: Sure. It's just another way for people to be able to connect with content on the site to see what other people are finding interesting as well. Great.
0: I like that. So any last minute details you would like to give us or future considerations for artshackers.com?
1: Well, the metrics aspect from categorization, as you had asked earlier about which categories are are most popular right Right. now, Um, marketing box office and CRM is the single most popular category that we
0: have. Really? Okay.
1: Followed up by, let's see here, marketing and creative design. Okay. And under marketing, email marketing. Under marketing, again, PR and media. And then we finally move into something new in web and tech, which is then metrics.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I saw that you do have a category for development, And you just had a community outreach, so hopefully as your website grows and more people know about it, that maybe that community will will come on board and metrics will go up as well.
1: Well, I think so, absolutely. I mean, right now, all of that is based on the type of content that's in the site. We simply don't even have nearly as many articles in the development category as we do in marketing, so... Surprise, surprise! Marketing gets more traffic. Right,
0: and so and yeah, it sounds right. like you might need some contributors in that area to to make up that gap as well.
1: Well, and also finding topics that still fit into that nuts and bolts approach, because there is quite a bit in other in some of the other uh, areas of focus as far as specialty inside the field, whether it's the development department or HR, and Those particular fields don't have as much inherent nuts and bolts oriented topics to talk
0: about. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I might disagree with you there because there is, if you go into the nonprofit world, they talk about the nuts and bolts all the time. So I think it's a matter of, and that, that is an interesting point. It is a matter of marrying the development part of an arts organization to the arts marketing part of the organization as well. Um, some of the nuts and bolts are very uh, similar. So anyway, I, I hope that is explored in the future for your site. Definitely. So is there anything else you want to tell us about? Like maybe what might be happening in the future or, or, or things that you're considering changing to to make it even more special. I'm just curious about, I mean, what you've laid out is is fabulous, and I'm hoping a lot more people will go to artshacker.com. But I'm just curious, do you have, like, an even bigger picture than what you have going on right now?
1: We are focusing a little bit more toward um making a consistent amount of eye candy, as one of our contributors called it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Give us an example of the
1: eye candy. Well, if you start to look at some of the more recent articles that have come out, they all have some sort of graphic Mm. that's that's associated with that particular article. Uh, And one of the things that actually I enjoy doing personally is being able to create those graphics Mm. using Photoshop templates is just a a fun pastime for me and doing something like taking a screen cap instead of just the plain screen cap all by itself, setting it into just an attractive, nice looking template that will have perhaps just a screen or if it's uh, something talking about uh, like that recent Outlook article, it will have screen caps from uh, a smartphone and embedded into a nice graphic really adds quite a bit to the actual article. Now, I've noticed in metrics alone when we started doing that, there was a very clear parallel in uptick with social sharing and social click first
0: right, right. i'm I'm seeing that as well when i when I do the research, and it really does prove that a picture is worth a thousand words. I mean, literally, <laughs> it's pretty amazing just just adding a a visual, can make a big difference. So more, more eye candy. I like that. So people can go to artshacker.com and that's all one word. A-R-T-S-H-A-C-K-E-R.com. Are there any other websites you would like people to go to? (laughs) (laughs) Now's the time to tell them about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Adaptistration.com. That's my orchestra management blog uh, for, oh gosh, more than a decade
0: congratulations uh,
1: very 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 old blogger
0: (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about adaptistration.com
1: well in addition to the traditional uh, blog about orchestra management it has a couple of uh, offshoots and one of the more popular ones is adaptistration jobs which is a free service for those looking for jobs in arts administration and for organizations to post their listings I all free of charge uh, that's wow. another pet peeve of mine is I really don't like the ethical aspect of charging people looking for jobs or charging people <laughs> who need good employees right the ability to be able to connect with one another uh, it's 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 a little too pimpish in my opinion
0: no I agree with you we need all the help that we can get in order to get the good job and also to employ the right people so that's fabulous that you do that for people. And so adaptistration.com, again, that will be listed on the website. Right.
1: And uh, my professional sites, I have two. There's orchestraconsulting.com, which is my traditional consulting services. Okay. And then VentureIndustriesOnline.com, which is that web-hosted service for arts organizations and arts.
0: Great. And I will post that on the website so people have all of these links to, to find where you're at, Drew.
1: And, oh, and InsideTheArts.com. How can I forget? Oh,
0: what, that. what's that one?
1: InsideTheArts.com. That's the first blogging exchange that I set up shortly after moving out on my own with administration. And it was actually kind of, if you think of it, a, a dry run to what Art Hacker is now, except each of the individual authors has their own unique outlet, and they're all culture walkers, Interesting. Uh, whereas Art Hacker is multiple authors in one location.
0: Interesting. No, I've never heard of your what InsideTheArts.com.
1: Right, and then within that, there are other branded culture blogs. There's Neoclassical, which is extremely popular. Hmm. Uh, there's uh, Scanning the Dial, uh, which is about uh, classical music radio. Okay. There's Sticks and Drones, which has been also wildly popular, although the authors have kind of trailed off a bit uh, in their publish in their publication schedule. There are several that people will be able to go and see. Some of them were established culture blogs when we started Inside the Arts, and others like Neoclassical, Scanning the Dial, and Sticks and Drones were ones that uh, I encouraged the authors to start writing and then provided the actual technical outlet, the actual blogging platform, and managed that for them. So they just have to only focus on creating content.
0: Oh, that is fabulous. I really dig how you pull together a community to to talk about these topics and and culture and I, I really love that. So I will make sure that I put okay. all of those links online for people to see. Since I have you here and this is about audience development, what would you say is your Top tip on the top of your head on how to build an audience. <laughs> I know I'm throwing you for a loop, but.
1: The, the first thing that came to mind is just create an environment that, that doesn't drive people away.
0: <laughs> ah, no, that's that's very well put. And it is it is something that we do need to consider in the arts industry these days.
1: Well, it's something that that also is difficult to do when you're steeped in the environment. Is it's very difficult to see your own environment from a uh, variable perspective and pairs of eyes mm-hmm. and to find the things that your your potential ticket buyers and patrons uh are going to find that connect with them on either a positive or negative way at the most.
0: So what do you recommend to get ourselves out of our own perspective?
1: Try to get past being defensive, which I find is a difficult thing for a lot of arts managers to do. It's a high stress job. It's a high stress work environment for not as much pay as their commercial counterparts are usually receiving. Uh, And When there's any negative feedback, it's very easy to go into that defensive turtle shell.
0: Right, right.
1: um, And be able to see past that anger into whatever the particular issue is that somebody's expressing to see if it's really something that you can control or if it has some impact and is an opinion that's worth considering.
0: So I'm going to flip that advice on its head and and try to to get that – in in a manner that we need to be more open to other people's perspectives and, and also take into consideration coming from the audience perspective, because I feel that we may put out a product or a program that makes perfect sense to us, but if we don't get that feedback from the audience, we may find it falling flat on its face And, of course, we would want to defend what we put out there, but the best thing that we can do is be open to that audience perspective in order to make it a a success all around. So, great. I want to thank you, Drew, for being a part of the ADS podcast family now. And if anybody else wants to get in touch with Drew McManus, as I mentioned before, we will put all of that information on the website to view all the various projects that he is involved in. So thank you so much, Drew. Thank you. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. You too. (laughs) All right. Take care. It was great to have Drew McManus on to talk about his new project, artshacker.com. I think it's a wonderful project and the way that it is set up where we can learn from one another is fantastic. So again, I will have those links on the website so you can get in touch with all that Drew is doing. And that is at buildmyaudience.com. Thanks again for listening to the ADS podcast. Have a great day.